we're very lucky today to have a, a very special guest on the podcast with us. Um, who's played 141 first class games, over 9,000 runs, uh, 20 centuries to his name, for 30 ODIs for Australia, an average of 41, and, and also a test match. So he's also the captain of the Sydney Thunder. Uh, we're very lucky to have Callum Ferguson on the on the show with us. How are you, Callum? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted to chat mainly about cricket today. Uh, we've got a few other things to, to throw in here and there, but um, we'll mainly just chat about cricket as that's what you're well known for. Uh, so just tell us a bit about your early life and were, were you always good at cricket, I guess? Uh, look, I, I played a lot of it in the backyard as a kid. So um, I actually grew up... Um, and my, um, next, basically next door to Adelaide Oval at Memorial Drive Tennis Club. My dad was the head tennis coach there. Um, I was a bit of a black sheep of the family playing uh, playing cricket and, and choosing that as a sport. But, um, yeah, I, I always played a lot of it in the backyard or we'd be up on the hill at Adelaide Oval during a shield game, um, my brother and I playing cricket up there for hours. So um, I suppose going into junior cricket, um, I, I played out of my age a fair bit um, and... I guess that was it was it was always something that I, I felt like I was reasonably good at um, and 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 performed reasonably well at it at junior level. So um, I just couldn't hit the ball off the square. I was a bit small back then. So, um, that was the only frustrating thing. But I bore everyone to death and just bat for hours. So um, That's the way yeah, you do it. Wrong not that. sure I'd yeah. make it too far as a young bloke coming through these days playing that way. But um, no. I'd, I did okay in underage stuff and, and really enjoyed it and started my um, junior cricket at Prospect Cricket Club. Were you in the state team pretty much for most of your childhood and teenage years? Like, were you always in the underage state squads? Yeah, I was. Um, I was in the under-13s, um, 14s, 15s, all the way through. So um, I was probably a year above my age, I think, from memory. Um through the 13s and 14s and 15s. Um, and then I played four years of uh, 19s and three years of 17s. So um, played a lot of underage carnivals with South mm. Australia, um, which I absolutely loved. And hanging, hanging around with the older guys taught me a lot at a young age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. He was pretty good at it. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you were very good on the, on the cricket field, but uh, who, who, would, who would have been the best in the backyard? I was talking to my dad about seven or eight years ago, um, well after, obviously, I'd chosen to play cricket and my brother had chosen to play tennis. And he stands by his statement that I was a better tennis player and he was a better cricketer. So I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that, but he stands by it. So um, we both went the wrong way by all reports. Are you right into the tennis still? You still play a bit or not? I like like to. I went through a period where I had a shoulder that was probably stopping me from playing for a bit, but then um, through both my full reconstruction rehabs, I actually played a bit of tennis just to um, get my agility going, and um, I found it really good for me physically, um, and I'm going to try and do a bit more of that over the next sort of two or three months. Um, Jake Weatherall's moved into the uh, neighbourhood not too far from me. He'd probably only be 500 metres from my place and we've got some tennis courts nearby. He was a really good junior tennis player as well. Yeah. So um, I, I bought some tennis balls on Catch of the Day the other day. <laughs> so I'm going to fire them up and uh, try and knock his 
knock his block off on the tennis court. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's pretty chirpy with us, so he's very confident, always got a bit of a swagger about him, so I'll try and knock him back a peg. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him back yeah. down to earth. Um, yeah. Are you able to talk us through a bit um, through breaking into the South Australian state squad and uh, like how you found out and, and how you felt uh, you went in your in your early days, um, and then how you've sort of evolved in into the cricketer you are today. Yeah, uh, so I received a rookie contract. I think I was just turning sixteen when I got told by Greg Chapel um, that I was getting a rookie contract. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I was in year eleven at the time, um, and. I, looking back, I might have been a touch young, but what it did do is it got me into the system. Um, it got me training um, with guys like um, Darren Lehman, Greg Blewett. Actually, um, my first training session with the Redbacks, I still remember turning up, um, being a little bit nervous, but knowing that there was four or five guys there at training that I'd played underage cricket with, uh, Cam yeah. Borgus, Mark Cosgrove, um, Matthew Weeks, a couple of other guys. Um and I turned up a bit nervous, couldn't see any of those guys, and um, then over wandered this ball bloke, shiny, like it just the sun beaming off his bald skull. <laughs> it was Darren Lehman, and he reached his hand out and said, um, Darren Lehman, Callum, nice to meet you. Uh, great to have you out of training. Uh, if you need anything, just sing out. And he just went on his merry way, and I just thought that was the greatest thing on earth. That's awesome. Still bald now, and it still glistens in the sun. He's uh, <laughs> a great man, but um, I uh, yeah, really appreciated that. Never forgot it. Um, so that's that's certainly stuck with me. And I try and um, make sure I get over and introduce myself to anyone that's new at training on the back of that. Um, so I think. You know, that's, uh, people always remember that, I think. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was really good of Buff to do that on the day. And I think um, that year, as I said, I was probably a little bit young, so I was never going to play. And I played a few second leaving games, which was great. Um, but then the next year, I didn't actually get a rookie contract. They left me off. Um, but uh, I ended up going to the National Cricket Academy um, on scholarship, which was based in Adelaide back then. And I... Um, basically committed once I was finished with uh, um, the academy to get to every training session I could, even though I wasn't on contract, um, just committed to doing that and ended up playing a one-day game at the end of that year. Um, last game of the year, it was at uh, it's actually at ANZ Stadium, the old what's called ANZ now, but the Olympic yeah, Stadium. Yeah, yeah, and um, both War Brothers were playing, um, Slater... Uh, who else was in that side? Um, I reckon Mitch Stewie McGill was playing, Stuart Clark, like just a lot of big Andy names. Yeah. 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 It was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe I was out there. Um, Steve Waugh hit a high ball into the outfield. I was running back from mid-wicket, um, was about to dive, and Mark Cleary came sliding in from uh, from the outfield. I didn't hear him. It was really loud there over that side of the ground, and... Um, yeah, just saw him at the last minute and dove in behind him. Um, otherwise, I, I might not be here today. I actually ended up batting at 10 in that game in the run oh. chase. It was rain affected and we needed, I think, 20 and over when I walked to the crease. <laughs> batting at 10, I was on the slippery pole because uh, all of our tailenders could bat a bit and they were bigger hitters than me. Yeah. And uh, Lockie Stevens, who's the assistant coach of Victoria at the moment, 
he was in the side as a batsman. He batted eleven, so <laughs> it wasn't a great debut for the two of us. We uh, didn't really contribute too much, and <laughs> we lost. So, oh, oh, but, uh, but I'll never forget it. It was a it was a hell of a day, and um, I think on the, you know, the in the lead up, I'd managed to put quite a few scores on the board in second eleven cricket. Um, I think Mark Cosgrove made two hundred one day on uh, Adelaide Oval number two. I got 150 or 160 at the other end against the ACT. And I think that might have got me the game. Um, but I'd actually been selected a couple of games before that one. Um, and I was told by the chairman of selectors um, two days out, you're definitely playing. Um, so get yourself ready, get your parents ready, this, that and the other. Turned up to the ground and five minutes before the toss, Greg Chappell put an arm around me and said, look, young fella, you're not playing today. Oh, <laughs> and my heart sank um, yeah. and had to go out onto um, Adelaide Oval number two. It was a sad day. So my uh, my club was actually playing on that oval out the back. Um, so I went out there and, and after doing the warm-up with the Redbacks and uh, was winning at next, um, next dismissal at five, I think. And Nick won second ball, <laughs> so oh. that's a shocking day. Um, and we got bowled out for about 120, and um, I got the ball in my hand and took five. So it was a roller coaster. Um, it was a, <laughs> it was a hell of a day, but um, yeah, that was that was the lead up. It was a, it was an interesting one, um, the sort of four weeks leading into debuting, but uh, certainly one I'll never forget, and one I'm glad uh, a roller coaster I'm, I'm glad to have been on. Do you still fancy yourself as a bowler? Not anymore. <laughs> three three knee operations, uh, partial ACL tear, uh, full ACL tear on the right knee, and then uh, full ACL on the left. Yeah, uh, that put any bowling aspirations. Yeah, that'll do it. So we'll go on now to uh, playing for Australia in One Day Cricket. Um, are you able to uh, elaborate on any sort of? emotions going through that time like this is something that you, you've worked up a majority of your cricket career to do is play for Australia and and, and you had a pretty handy Australian one day career Are you able to, to talk about that a little bit yeah yeah for sure um it came out the blue a little bit for me um I, I had a really good first shield year and then a solid second shield year but then had a tough third year um and then I think it was once I got back into the side um, I had a, a fantastic batting coach at the time. His name's Kim Harris, and um, he worked with me. We stripped, uh, stripped my game back to the bare bones and really worked on the, the basics for a, a good six months on the back of that. Um, and I, I found that um, that allowed me to um, get a bit of freedom in my game um, and just... I think I formulated some really good game plans, um, you know, get myself in, be really busy, and then um, take take it to the opposition and put pressure back on the bowlers. And, and that was, a you know, Kim Harris really um, helped me find the balance between um, being really disciplined but also being able to then put pressure back on the bowler. Um, you've got to have great balance in your game. So he helped me find that, I think, whereas I've maybe been battling that after my first season, um, I probably tried to dominate a little bit too much, got a, maybe a little bit overconfident, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, he helped me find that balance. And um, in the lead-up to getting picked in that first game, I would had a really good run in both formats um, for South Australia. And um, 
the next ODI was at the MCG and I came off a really good week against the Vicks over there at the G. Um, I think I made 80 in the fir- or 83 in the first innings and then 130 in the second and then got mm-hmm. 80 in the one, um, 80 in the one day against them. So, um, I, I think that might've got me the game. The fact that I played well on that ground as well. Um, you know, we talk about um, getting the rubber, the green in selection, and then maybe getting the wrong side of it at times. Um, it ebbs and, f- and flows a bit throughout your career, but um, they could have picked Brad Hodge, I reckon, at the time. He, he and I had, had pretty similar previous 18 months, um, certainly in white ball cricket, um, but they decided to pick me, I think, because I, I, was, I was younger. So, um, you know, I've probably seen the other end of the coin at different stages as well, and that's just the game. But... Um, you know, it was great to be able to debut at the MCG. Uh, sure. Certainly, having played a bit of cricket there in the in the previous two weeks, um, and so I had my cap handed to me by perhaps um, the, the greatest Victorian cricketer of all time, Shane Warne. So uh, <laughs> I played a little bit against him, uh, and to, to receive the cap from him was just out of this world, mm. completely yeah. and utterly surreal, and. Um, you know, everything that he said rang true with how he played the game, enjoy it, um, and being the Victorian that he is, enjoy playing on the greatest cricket ground in the world and, and um, in front of the greatest fans. He, he had a good, it was a bit of a chuckle around that. But, um, it was, uh, and then he talked about just, um, you know, you, you've been picked because you're good enough and, and he really proceeded to pump my tyres up after that and, um, had me ready to run through a brick wall after he handed me my cap. So it was uh, it was a great moment and something I'll never forget. Um, so I, I just, yeah, it was magical and surreal. And um, after the game, after we won, Mike Hussey dragged me in with a few of the guys and, and we sat down and had a beer. It's it's very busy around um, the Australian cricket team. There's so, guys are getting pulled left, right and centre to go to media um, for different meetings, but he grabbed... Yeah, there was probably six or seven of us, and we sat there and had a couple of beers and and talked about it. And uh, it was great to play in a win first up. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Huh? Remember how you went batting wise? Uh, I think I was six not out or something like that. I can't remember. Maybe eight not out. I didn't get much of a crack at it. Um, went in the last few overs. Um, the guys had done the job at the other end, so it was a nice way to ease into it. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, yeah, get the red ink. So yeah. not a bad result. <laughs> I, think I stood at the other end while Cameron White belted him around in the last over, so that was, uh, yeah, that wasn't bad viewing. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. <laughs> <Definitely not. laughs> well, um, we'll go through your test um, debut as well. Just like tell us about how how you found out and receiving a bag of green, and uh, yeah, just talk us through like the highs and lows of it, really, and um, what what yeah. emotions you felt. Yeah, look, I'd. Um... So I'd not been long back from my injury, um, so I'd had my uh, most recent knee reconstruction um, and uh, missed the second half of the previous season. I'd been in really good form leading into that. I think I had um, 500 at Christmas in the Shield in five games and then the one-day stuff was going well and then blew my knee out, unfortunately, on the eve of the Big Bash. So I missed the second half of that year. Um, and then got myself right for the start of the next season. I'd had a really good, I had a really good one day season, um, which obviously used to precede the, um, the the Sheffield Shield a, a number of years ago now. Um, and then in the first Shield game um, that I played in about twelve months, I um, I made a hundred at the Wacker, 
in the first innings and um, yeah, not long not long after I was being um, well, I was given a phone call from Rod Marsh during the next Shield game against Tasmania um, and he told me that I was going to be heading to Hobart and I was going to be um, a real chance to, to debut in Test Cricket so that was an amazing moment um, certainly I was just not expecting it Having you know, I, I think I went through a, a huge um, emotional roller coaster when I'd hurt my knee the year before because I, I felt like I was yeah. getting close at that stage. Yeah, and then um, you know the, the injury happened, and that was really tough to take. And um, but to to come back and and be selected so quickly, um, you know, I think I only that was only the first Shield game against the Wacker in about eleven months. Um, so it, it all happened a lot quicker than I was expecting after the injury, uh, and it was just a, a huge high. And um, you know, to be able to ring my my parents, um, and uh, and obviously my wife, um, well now wife, fiance at the time, was just uh, just amazing to be able to give them the news, and and then eventually get 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 a hold of my brother. Um, just yeah, it's really hard to explain because you. I think depending on your age as well, you probably take it a bit differently. But having um, having been in the game for so long and and played so much cricket, um, to to get it uh, get that phone call just meant so much, and um, it just sort of justified a lot of the the sacrifices that you make and, and a lot of the um, hard work that you put in. It's um, yeah, and, and a lot of the hard work other people put into you as well to help you along the way. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just a, a huge moment. So just trying to process all that was just impossible. But um, yeah, it was great fun to look back on a lot of stuff and and then look forward to the challenge of the test match. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was down as you said, it was down in Hobart, and um, Australia didn't do too well. Um, yeah, but just uh, that was a tough on that. Yeah, yeah. What was yeah. the what was the mood like around the dressing room? Um, during that sort of time, yeah. Look, the lead up to the test match um, was amazing. Um, just being able to get family and friends down to Hobart to watch, um, and my brother landing as I was walking. Uh, sorry, not landing. Walking into the stadium as I um, was walking to the crease to face a hat trick ball on test day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing timing, but it was. Um, yeah, it was a great build-up. Everyone was fantastic in the Australian dressing room. Um, leading into the test match, you well certainly as um, a new um, player into the into the test um, test group, um, you know it wasn't apparent to us that the team was under a lot of pressure. I think Joe, many and I knew that the team was under a lot of pressure, but the guys just didn't um, didn't show it and. Um, Certainly, everyone was up for the up for the fight, and uh, everyone was very positive leading into it. Um, it was obviously a tough one losing the toss down there, um, but uh, I, look, I'd had a little bit of success down there on some interesting wickets leading into that Test match, so that didn't worry me too much. But certainly, their their attack um, worries most batsmen, um, especially when there's a, a wicket that. <laughs> has a bit of assistance about it so oh, sure. yeah. um, they certainly bowled very well yeah. um, and set us back early um, it was yeah it was it was a tough week it certainly was and, and you could tell that there was um, a fair bit of stress um, involved for a lot of people in the in the in the group 
Um, you know, I think it was the fifth loss in a row. So I think, look, it was a it was a perfect storm. You'd, you'd never like to see someone play one game um, and be left out for the next test like Joe and I were. Mm. But it was um, certainly, I would suggest, um, exceptional circumstances. They're not, they weren't the circumstances that you'd be used to seeing for an Australian test team. Um, And clearly there are a lot of people at the top of this uh, Cricket Australia tree that were feeling the heat. Um, And I think, you know, whilst it's um, unusual to see people get picked once and then left out, unless they're... um, replacing injured players it's um you know in those circumstances it was probably not as surprising as as other circumstances i suggest still a bit stiff but considering all the all the (laughs) runs you scored previously but yeah yeah i appreciate that sentiment (laughs) (laughs) uh well you would have played a lot of you have played a lot of cricket in england as well um how does that compare to playing cricket like state cricket in australia is it like, is it, it'd be completely different, but just, yeah, elaborate on how, how it is and the different pitches and playing with the Dukes ball, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, my first year over in at Worcestershire, um, I actually nearly went to um, Kent a long time ago. Stuart Clark was trying to set me up with his old club um, way back when we were playing one-day cricket together, and then I hurt my knee, and, and then they changed the qualification. Um parameters uh, within whilst I was actually injured so then I I wasn't qualified by the time I came back from injury but um, I got qualified again and and went to Worcestershire a few years ago and um, played one day cricket and there were some really big scores being made in in that format over there Um, and I think everyone was expecting the World Cup to be a bit the same Mm, Um, but certainly with the extra workload the you find that the pitches over there really do dry out and they get really slow, which makes it very difficult in chases uh, in particular. And I, I don't think many people expected that over in England, but certainly I remember talking to Mark Cosgrove about it um, when we uh, leading into the next season when I was over in Worcester and he said, look, I'd be expecting a lot of very slow wickets and, and some tricky wickets um, this summer just on the back of the extra workload the pitches are taking and... Um, yeah, he was right. He, he he called it perfectly. The World Cup was a bit of a lower scoring affair, but um, certainly in the one days that I played that first year, the scores were huge. I mean, uh, I think we chased down three eighty or something in Jeez. my first game against uh, that against Leicestershire, I reckon Leicestershire, um, which was against Cosy. <laughs> nice. we, we mowed that down quite nicely. Yeah, um, bragging, bragging rights. <laughs> Exactly, get one up early. Yeah, um, yeah that first year, a lot of high scores. Um, the next year when I played um, all three formats, um, which was the year that the World Cup was on over there, it's um, the wickets were um, interesting at times. And, and Cozzy said to me that um, Division 2, which was what we were in at Worcestershire of the county, you see a lot of result wickets. So there was a lot of games that were over in three days and... Yeah. Um, because sides aren't interested in draws because that's not going to get them promoted. Whereas in Div 1, uh, he suggested that sides will take a draw every now and then um, if it means not coughing up points to sides that they're battling relegation with. So 
um, yeah, it was interesting because he, he was again pretty pretty much on the money. He's a pretty astute cricket man, <laughs> Mark Cosgrove. But um, yeah, it was it was very different. We came across a wicket against Marcus uh, Marcus in Cardiff, which was just as flat as you'll ever get, and um, he picked the right county to go. So I'm telling you, that was uh, <laughs> that was an incredible wicket. And the wicket we played against them on actually they'd left a, a truckload of grass on to try and get something happening for the bowlers and it just didn't work like it was just a marathon um we were one for 180 in the uh on day four batting out for the draw um and i don't know like daryl mitchell and i batted for a long time and uh the bowlers were just about laughing every time the ball was bowled and hit the middle of the bat it's like do you want to just try and miss the middle at some stage daryl because daryl's Daryl's defence on, you know, once he got in, that looked, you know, that wide. It was, um, so the bowlers were just, you know, if they weren't laughing, they were crying. So, uh, but then on the other side of the coin, we went to North Hans one day and it looked like the pitch hadn't seen daylight for about a week. So it's, um, yeah, you got, you got both ends of the spectrum over there and we didn't see too much of the, um, like the Mickey Mouse, um, last day chase type stuff that you sometimes hear about where blokes are almost bowling lob ups underarm um, until they get the right score um, for the run chase but um, I did see uh, online um, you know when you go around the grounds that some of the games were heading that way so you don't see any of that in Australian cricket whereas um, you know over there there's a lot of games where they're just setting up a game Um, I heard a story um, (laughs) It's, uh, a couple of guys were involved in, I won't name counties or players, but um, there was a deal done for a run chase on day four and um, the the opposition captain promised that they'd allow one of their particular top order batsmen to get a free wicket <laughs> if they gave them the run chase they were looking for. So said, said opening batter went out there and just rolled the arm over and... Uh, the opposition captain literally stood there and chip, like chip the ball straight up in the air to cover. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. The other funniest thing I've seen in county cricket was Mark Cosgrove playing against an old teammate. So they were playing at Durham, and uh, and there was a a bloke named uh, Rain from uh, Durham who'd left Leicestershire the year before and was bowling to Cosy up at Durham um, in a county game, and the. <laughs> Rainey's bounced him and Cosy watched it and headbutted oh. it the second <laughs> and said to him, come again. <laughs> that was one of the funny... And you'll be able to find yeah. it. It'll be on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He headbutts it into the top corner. It was like... Um, that's too funny. So who do you reckon are some of the best players you've like played with and against? Like both playing here in Australia and over there in, in England? Yeah. Um, I've come, a, come across quite a few unbelievable players. Um, I was lucky enough to play... Um, some international cricket against some of the best. Uh, I remember playing, or oh, and not just that, but you know, around the world in different um, different competitions. But playing against Davy De Villiers was um, was uh, something else. He's, yeah. he's just one of the incredible talents, yeah. and we've all seen what he yeah. can do. But yeah. um, bowl, 
I suppose bowlers that I've faced, um, some of the most challenging. I, I think, um, I think there's, I don't know, um, uh, let me think. Ajmal from Pakistan is probably one that really comes to mind. His ability to spin the ball both ways was incredible. Um, uh, Shoaib Akhtar, um, Quick. I yeah. caught him <laughs> at the back end of his career uh-huh. and he was just about done and we were playing in Dubai, which um, probably suited us a little bit because it was 40 degrees most days and he lasted about two and a half overs before he blew a gasket. So um, in his younger days, no doubt he would have been um, able to keep the pace up for longer, but yeah. certainly for you know the two and a half overs that he, he came steaming in each spell, they were quick enough, let me yeah. tell you. But, um, yeah. he, uh, he was probably at the back end of his career then. Um, Dale Stain was one guy who yeah. uh, could really ramp it up and, and one of the most skillful um, skillful fast bowlers I've come across as well. Um, I remember talking to Brad Haddon before I played him for the first time. Um, he uh, he basically said to me, look, he'll try and swing the new ball and, and you know he'll be bowling nippy, but he won't be bowling as quick as he can. He'll, he'll be trying to use his skill. Um, but come... Coming into that second year ball, they used to replace the ball at about the 32nd over mark in one day cricket, just for something newer that would stand up a bit better at the back end of the innings. And he said, that's when he'll bowl his quickest. Um, and I said, oh, so about when I'll be coming in. He said, yep, about when you're coming in. <laughs> and he'd run in and just try and knock heads off at that stage of the innings. So that was, uh, that was a, certainly an experience. Um, so I played a, I think it was a, Five game series, five or six game series against them over there um, on some pretty good wickets, some pretty quick wickets, and uh, that was a real challenge. Uh, the bloke at the other end wasn't too bad either. His name was Mornay Morkel, so there was a bit happening out, out there against them. Uh, it's a handy actually, Wayne Parnell was playing in that series as well, mm-hmm. and I ended up playing with him at Worcestershire, um, funnily enough. So it's a small world, and it's funny how. You end up running into other players down the track, but um, yeah, they were um, they were a challenge that side. Um, that's for sure. I think they I I just missed Shane Bond, which was a great result. Um, <laughs> we play we actually um, we came up against them in the Champions Trophy final um, that I actually blew my my right knee out in um, in the forty eighth over in the field. Um, so I was batting at. Eight, I think, with my legs strapped as straight as you can imagine. And it was, um, I remember Punter coming up and saying, can you stand up, can you stand at the other end and keep him out while Watto's braining him at the other end? And the physio said, yeah, he'll be he'll be okay. And I said, yeah, it doesn't hurt. I just won't be able to move anywhere. So it was, it was, it was most likely going to be a bumper barrage coming at me, I think, because I wasn't going to be able to duck anything. I'd just be standing there trying to swat them off my nose, I think, or, or just let them through to the keeper if I can. But, um, yeah, it, thankfully I was uh, not required that day and the guys got the job done and um, I didn't have to bat. But uh, that would have been the first time I would have had to have played against Bondi. Um, and thankfully I didn't have to face him with, with one leg and the next time I saw him was at the Sydney Thunder when he took over as head coach. <laughs> well, speaking of um, Thunder, BBL and everything, uh, you've been 
well, you've been lucky enough to captain the Thunder and uh, and play for them as well. And what are some of the the challenges and and positives of of captaining a BBL team such as Thunder? Yeah, look, uh, you know, we're we're uh, blessed at the Thunder with a, a group of young guys that are desperate to learn, um, desperate to get better. Um, just a really easy side to to lead, um, and we're very fortunate to have some really good cricket minds within that setup. Um, you know, obviously um, out in the field, I'm lucky to have guys like Usman Kawaja, Chris Green, my vice captain, um, Alex Ross, who we're really targeted to bring in, um, who could bring a fair bit of experience and leadership to the middle order um, with some of our really exciting talent. Um, and then to have been able to bring Alex Hales and, and Chris Morris in last year was, uh, was huge for us. Um, so we feel like we've got a group that's really on the improve. But um, one thing I will say is that they're, they're a fantastic group to lead. Um, and when you've got a, a, a group of guys who are just wanting to get better day in, day out, and, um, desperately competitive to win, um, you know, we, we had some challenges thrown at us last year and, and I thought the guys handled all of them um, in, a, in a really level-headed and... Um, really determined matter so uh, it's a great team to lead I, I love playing at the Thunder um, it's it's been a real um, real privilege to lead them but certainly having Shane Bond um, there with me as um, as coach he's a fantastic coach um, he'll never leave a site or he'll never leave our side underprepared that's for sure if, if guys need anything um, from a game plan point of view on the opposition um, I, I reckon most of our bowlers would know which hand most of the batters in the opposition across the country, what they're bummed with. Um, so I think uh, it's, uh, it's not just right arm over the wicket, it's left hand uh, and from reach around. So it's, uh, he's, uh, he's very well planned and well prepared for me. Uh, <laughs> All right, lads. Uh, you obviously had a pretty good year. What was it like to wear the, the yellow cap on a couple of occasions? We heard, we heard you sort of talk I about it. My comments, uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they're quite. Most people that follow cricket will be quite familiar with my comments around the yellow. <laughs> yeah. I think I was a bit harsh on it, to be honest. I actually think it's a really, a really good idea. Um, maybe they could wait until the the fourth or fifth round, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rather than no, oh, you played the first game. Oh, you got twenty. There you go. <laughs> well played. Well played on your twenty. Um, Good looking yeah, player. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I like it. I think it's. I think it's a, um, a good gimmick to have in the game because it does. You know, it's just a point of difference, isn't it? And I think the young kids like it as well. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, oh, I think it's good. I think initially it took me a bit of time just because it was so early in the tournament. I'm like, well, anything could happen. There's another. 13 games that everyone's got to play. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe wait till the fourth round to start dishing it out. But oh, I like it as an idea because it's just another point of difference to the game and gives everyone a, you know, something to focus on, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you spoke about a few few good cricketing stories earlier. Um, any other that potentially come to mind that maybe throw one of your teammates under the bus or something like that? <laughs> Throwing a couple of them at you now, but um, I was only talking to um, 
Tim Luderman the other day. Um, that he he's actually doing a podcast as well um, with a couple of guys from his hometown in Warrnambool. But uh, they had Tim Payne on the other day, and Payne and I go a long way back. We uh, we were in the under fifteen Aussie squad together, and um, we we've come all the way through playing a bit together and a lot against each other. Um, he <coughs> we. We spent a lot of time, um, a lot of time at the cricket academies together as well. Um, one year I was a um, part-time um, scholar up in Brisbane. He was full-time that year. I'd just done two full full years, so I was just um, in and out up there that year. But uh, a few of the guys were um, kicking the footy around at uh, Mount Gravatt Footy Club, which was just up the road from the Griffith, Griffith University campus up there, and. Now Gravatt, and we were staying there for the winter um, in Brisbane. So um, a few of the guys were kicking the footy around on a Saturday, and the local footy coach um, he uh, he saw them kicking the footy around at the half time in the half time of the twos, and um, obviously the twos were playing before the ones. And he came over and said, "Geez, you blokes, you blokes look like you know what you're doing. Any any chance you want to lace them up for the ones?" <laughs> and, uh, so uh, in the <laughs> in the next half an hour, um, the boys watched the the twos play, and um, and at the end of that game, racing around in the dressing room trying to flog footy boots off the, the twos players so that they could get themselves out in the park in in the ones. And I was telling Tim about uh, or Ludi, sorry, um, how Tim self designated him as Ruck Rover for the afternoon in the one side. Um, alongside George Bailey, who was at Rover, and uh, Doug Bollinger, the, the bald eagle back then, before he became Doug the Rogue, who was lining up as the, as the big ruckman. And uh, Doug went up for the first ruck tap of the day, palmed it down beautifully, um, didn't quite make it to, to George Bailey on the full. Everyone dived on the ball. Payne went to put his head over it, copped a knee to the nose and lasted two and a half minutes of the footy game and, and had to front up to training on Monday and explain away the two black eyes and the crooked nose of the coaches. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty, oh, pretty funny story. And I think um, oh. Jason Crozier spent uh, four days a, four days a week trying to get his groins right for a sad day of footy, so barely did any training midweek on the physio bench and uh, got himself right for sad day every week. He <laughs> didn't paint his ear at all about getting a recall to the Australian team. Oh no, I'll just give him a nudge every now and then. Yeah. Come on, mate, get me back in there. But not really. No, not really. Um, yeah. yeah, we we spend more time talking about the Bombers than anything else. We're both Essendon fans, so oh, yeah, um, right. yeah, we flick each other a message about that every now and then. Yeah, oh, yeah good stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, you said you were talking about playing cricket in South Africa earlier. What what are the stadiums like there? Because I've heard like it's just like a bull ring. So, is it is that pretty much what it's like? Yeah, the the one that stood out to me um, was the Wanderers in Johannesburg. Um, there was a couple of sections of the crowd where they they were literally foaming at the mouth. I don't know what they were on. It was, it was a bad combination of uh, a lot of different drugs that. Were, wasn't weren't meant to be thrown together, but it was um, it was a hell of an atmosphere, and it was it was an experience, and, and that's um, you know I've I've always quite enjoyed um, fielding out the boundary and and getting amongst some of that stuff. Um, but uh, over there, 
it, it could be quite intimidating, I think, if you if you don't go in with an open mind. And I think um, most of my teammates um, had run me through what it would potentially be like. And um, I'd played a bit in, in the subcontinent at that stage and, um, yeah, seen a lot of that already. Um, so, and what it can be like, it, it's a bit different. The Indians... Um, are just so passionate. I mean, that they show the passion for a game of cricket that, you know, um, teenage girls show at a Justin <laughs> Bieber concert. You know, like they just they eat it up and they're screaming and they're yelling. You know, yeah. grown men at, a, at, a, at a, a sporting event, you know, screaming and yelling. and That you can just, it means so much to them. So, um, yeah, slightly different to the, just the pure competitive beasts that are the South African fans. Um, they're just paying for blood at times, so it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a different uh, scenario. Those two countries, but um, certainly um, it's electric and and something incredible. The English fans, um, I spent a lot of time at Deep Point and uh, Deep Mid Wicket um, during a one day series over there that we won six um, six one by the way. Um, <laughs> having having my sexuality questions on. An, on a daily basis, um, was, that was a real experience as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was um, very humorous though. Like they over there, they've got a great sense of humour. So again, if you took it the right way, um, and I think if you laughed at them every now and then, because they are very funny, yeah, um, yeah. they'd appreciate that. And if you offered something back to them every now and then, then I think they like that too. But. I think if you just went stone-faced and didn't give them anything, I think they'd be onto you pretty quickly yeah, and, no, and then they'd really right. start to try and uh, tear you to shreds and really test your character. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, um, yeah. we know you're... We had a look at your Instagram page before going on here and we saw you're associated with Cystic Fibrosis South Australia. Um, yep. How did you get involved with that and um, what, yeah, what really sparked you to get involved in that, I guess? Yeah, I... Um, <clears throat> As a young player, as I mentioned, um, you know, I was fortunate to play with a lot of um, great South Australian cricketers. I probably really only mentioned Buff, but, you know, I had guys like um, you know, Greg Blewett, who's a good mate of mine, a close mate of mine now, um, Jason Gillespie, Matthew Elliott came across from Victoria. But um, one guy who was a real talent and on the way to um, great things was Chris Davies as well at the time. Um, and he's a cystic fibrosis sufferer. Um, he ended up having some re- uh, pretty bad shoulder and elbow injuries um, from memory, and um, you know that really curtailed his cricket career. But um, yeah, yeah he, he was a cystic fibrosis sufferer, and um, you know just to see the way that he handled it um, and how hard he trained and um, his determination was um, was fantastic. He was a competitive beast. Um, yeah, he uh, he was a guy that I really enjoyed. Um, playing with, training with. Um, I didn't get to play as much with him as I would have liked, but um, certainly in a few second eleven games and just around training, he was brilliant for me. And, um, yeah, he uh, he put the Cystic Fibrosis SA, SA guys on to me a, a long time ago now. Um, geez, it might have been nearly 10 years ago. And um, they asked me if I was interested in, in, in being... Um, an ambassador for cystic fibrosis and I thought it was a great match for me um, obviously um, having known Chris and, and he really looked after me as a young player and showed me the ropes and wasn't afraid 
to knock me back into place when I needed it and um, certainly got around me when um, when I deserved it as well. And um, He and his wife, Simon, were fantastic to me as a young player. So, um, yeah, he's now actually the football operations manager for Port, uh, Port Adelaide Power in the in the oh, AFL. Yeah, so, right. um, you know, he's achieved so much in his life and he's, he's a great inspiration for cystic fibrosis sufferers. So, um, yeah, he was the reason I got involved and, and I've absolutely loved it ever since. Um, the last couple of years I haven't been able to do too much um, having gone to England and played. So I've sort of played five years in a row. Um, but I'm hoping that certainly this year I'll be able to get involved a little bit more than I had in, in the past. And um, it's certainly a cause that uh, I've really enjoyed being a part of and hopefully uh, for a long time into the future. Yeah, it's definitely important um, important cause to get behind as you've done so yourself. And One thing I just want to touch on uh, just briefly is... Uh, few weeks ago us three boys had the had the pleasure of speaking to Gus Wallen who are uh, yeah. very heavily involved with his men's health foundation gotcha for life mm. um, and I just want to I just want to ask you particularly being men's health week at the moment um, what does men's health mean to you particularly at a time where South Australian cricket went through quite a tough time a few years ago after mm. events that have been pretty well documented um, yeah, I just sort of want to get your idea of how, what men's health was was interpreted as, particularly within the, the South Australian cricket group. Yeah, uh, we obviously had a really tough time um, coming out um, the, the back end of the loss of Phil Hughes, who um, was such a popular player within our group and, and across the country. Um, yeah, I think for us it was really trying to band together and, and stick tight and make sure we're all checking in on each other because, um, you know, I think whilst that was a very, um, you know, it was very personal to us as a group, um, a lot of people, and it probably just highlighted it to us, a lot of people are going through losses um, that we never know about. Sometimes um, we do hear about them and, and we can get around each other, but... You know, if we're not constantly talking to each other and building our relationships to a, deep, a deeper level, um, for me, I think we we might just see someone who's a little bit grumpy at training or a bit flat or, you know, not quite their bubbly self. If we don't ask um, after each other and, and ask, you know, how are you going, mate? Is everything okay? Because sometimes we might just think, oh, he's just being a grumpy bugger, but there might be a bit more to it. And I think, you know, there might be times where someone who's quite chirpy is very quiet and, you know, he's just probably having a, a bad day. Well, if we don't actually ask, we, we won't ever find out. We won't be able to be there for them, I suppose. And I think that was something that I really took from it is just to, um, yeah, probably check in on my mates a little bit more often and, and probably be a little bit more aware of, um, the behaviours of my friends and take a bit more notice of, um, you know, whether they're themse- themselves at the time or or whether they're not. And, and that might be the time I need to ask, you know, how you're travelling. But if I haven't seen one of my friends for a while, just check in and, and send, a, send a message and, um, you know, reconnect because a lot of us are going through things that um, we don't necessarily offer up to people unless, you know, we, we ask or... Um, we are asked, 
So, uh, yeah, I think that was just a couple of little things that I took from it um, because, you know, so many people are, are going through tough times and we may never know if we never ask. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really tough time and I'm really proud of the way that our guys at the Redbacks uh, got around each other and, and supported each other because, um, you know, we had a couple of guys that were more affected um than others by it um, because they were closer to feel for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was just a real reminder to um, help each other out and, and get around each other a bit more frequently, build deeper relationships because you, yeah, you, you never, you just never know, do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Thank you for that. Yeah, it affected all no of Australian worries. cricket. Yes. And I think everyone handled it really well. Yeah, the way I was yeah. portrayed afterwards. So, yeah. um, well, I think. That's all. Yeah, that's all that's we're, that's okay. we're for. Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate you giving up your time, Callum. I know you're a busy man, and um, yeah, we're just three blokes, so we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for chatting to us. Not a problem at all. It's been good fun, yeah, guys. Been great. Thank yeah. Yeah. Right. Good luck with the podcast. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Thanks, Thank you very much. Thanks, good luck, Callum. Good luck with the yeah, good luck. Looking forward to you thanks, scoring, well. scoring plenty of runs. Yeah. Thanks for that, guys. Appreciate it. Lovely. Thank right. you, thanks, Callum. Take care. You too. See you later. Bye.